Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for January 12th, 2023. I'm teaching a series, Brand New Year, and normally what I do in January is I lay out like how to get a vision for the year, how to hear from God, how to organize yourself in different areas, how to like, you know, get grow or set goals for growing spiritually and financially and relationally and in your soul and mentally and, and all of that stuff. But this year was different. God said, no, I don't want any of that. On New Year's Eve, while I was in church worshiping, getting ready for 2023, the Lord said, start off the year by teaching my miracles, the miracles of Jesus. And so that's what I'm doing. We're going through the miracles of Jesus. We got to the point where now we're studying Jesus feeding the 5,000. This is a miracle that many of us are familiar with. This is a miracle where people are like, yeah, I know Jesus feeding the 5,000, uh, but but now I'm presenting it to you. And as I do, God has given me nuggets and insight and wisdom and knowledge and revelation that applies to our daily lives. So God can take something like Jesus feeding the 5,000 with a two-piece fish dinner with a little boy's lunch and then apply that to your life in a way that makes sense. God, God, God can take something from that and manifest something in your life if you need healing. Or God could take something from that and manifest it in your life if your marriage needs to be healed or, or if you just need to be encouraged or inspired, whatever. So the word of God is amazing. And as I preach and teach the word of God, I want you to open up your heart to get ready to receive. We dealt with the, the feeding of the 5,000 yesterday. I'm gonna deal with it again today and I'm gonna have to deal with it again tomorrow. So put it in the chat, I'm ready to receive. Open up your heart to hear what God is about to say. All right, so here we go. Before we get into the miracle, I told you that I will be sharing Psalms 126 and verse four with you probably most of the year. This is a verse that I'm standing on this year, that our church was standing on this year. Psalms 126 and verse four, this is a season of refreshing and, and, and restoring for us. The Bible says, now, Lord, <laughs> do it again. Put it in the chat, say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. Take us back to, to where, when we had that zeal and that passion and that fervor and that favor. Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory even take us to another level. May streams of your refreshing flow over us, Lord, until our dry hearts are drenched again. Look at me. I want to tell you that every dry place in your heart is going to be drenched again in this season, and it will be drenched as I'm teaching and preaching the miracles of Jesus, as I'm teaching about the supernatural power of God on how God, God can do anything. There's nothing God can't do. Every dry place in your heart will be drenched again. Put in the chat. Do it again. Do it again for me, God. Hallelujah. All right. So let's get into the miracle now. This miracle is found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, I'm going to read it to you from John. John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. The Bible says, sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Verse 3. Jesus then went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Then Jesus looked up and saw the great cloud, crowd coming towards him. He said to Philip, hey, Philip, he's like, yes, Lord, where shall we buy enough bread for all these people to eat? And verse six, um, now the Bible says he had asked this, but he already knew what he was going to do. Verse seven, Philip answered, well, it would take more than half a year's wages <laughs> to buy enough food for everybody to have one bite. I dealt with that yesterday and how we got to think like God thinks. God is not 
God doesn't have a poverty spirit or a poverty mentality or spirit of lack in any way. If you could do the math to figure out how much it would cost to give everybody one bite, you could have done the math. It takes the same level of effort to do the math for everybody to get a full meal. They ate till they were full. Anyway, anyway, we dealt with that yesterday. Verse eight, another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. He says, hey, Lord, there's a little boy here with two fish and five loaves of bread. But then he thought about it. He said, but then again, what, what is that? among so many. Verse 10, Jesus said, have the people to sit down. I dealt with that yesterday. Prepare blessings, come to prepare people. He had them to get organized. There was a place, a lot of grass. So he had the people to sit down. It was 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So it was probably 10, 15,000 people there. He had them to sit down and get organized first before the blessing came. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and then distributed it to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And then he did the same with the fish. And then everybody had enough to eat. They ate as much as they wanted. They ate to the full. They ate to the overflow. Then And then Jesus said, now, I don't want to waste anything. Gather all the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And they gathered themselves. Watch this. 12 baskets of fish and loaves was left over. Verse 14, when all the people saw the signs that Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is a prophet who has come from God into this world. And so I also told you that in Matthew's account, Jesus wanted the disciples to do something about it. Uh, in Matthew's account, Jesus said, hey, listen, um, when they said as evening approached, first of all, the disciples wanted him to go away. But then Jesus said, listen, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. I'm going to I'm gonna deal with that today. You give them something to eat. And then Mark's account told us that the groups were hundreds and fifties and how everybody had to be organized. And I dealt with that yesterday. So what does this mean for you? today. Now that I got through all of that, now I can start teaching. What does this mean for you today? All right. I have several things to share with you. Here's the first one. In the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus initially told the disciples to feed the crowd. That's something that a lot of people don't point out. Maybe you could just kind of overlook that. But initially he told the disciples, no, you go feed the crowd. He told them to do it. The, the large crowd was there. It was late. The disciples were like, hey, Jesus, we need to send these people away. They need to go find them some, something to eat. And when they said that, Jesus said, no, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, this seems like a small thing, but it's not. This is a, a, a significant statement. He said, no, you give them something to eat. Remember, I probably taught you many, many times uh, that God's instruction is always equal to his injection, meaning that God will never tell you or instruct you to do something that he has not already equipped or enabled or empowered you to do. So, so if God said, if Jesus said, you give them something to eat, then, then it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you what that means. It means that the grace of God was present for the supernatural power to be manifested through the disciples. It would be unrighteous of God as a, as a father, as a heavenly father, to expect you to do something that you cannot do. All right, let me teach here. We know that the grace of God was present, right? Jesus fed 5,000. Not only was the grace of God present for, for miracles and healing, but the grace of God was present for provision. Put that in, in the chat. Say, say, the grace of God is present for my provision. So not only for the supernatural, but not only for, for eyes to see and, and legs to walk and all of that, but I'm talking about the, super, the, the grace of God is available for my provision, that God will see to it that I always have more than enough. God is able to make all grace abound towards me, that I would always have all sufficiency in all things at all times. I'll be able to meet the needs of every situation and give unto every good and charitable work. So the grace of God was available for supernatural provision 
But I want to point out that the grace of God was made available for supernatural provision for the disciples to do it. Now, Jesus did it. He multiplied fishes and loaves, but the disciples could have done it. How do I know that? Because Jesus told the disciples to do it. See, God will never tell you to do something that he has not already given you the grace to do. Say this, or put this in the chat. Every word from God comes with the power to perform it. Every word from God comes with the power to perform it. God will never tell you to do something. Go start that business. Go run that beauty salon. Go apply for this job. Lord, I'm not qualified. Every word from God comes with the power to perform it. If God told you to do it, the fact that God is telling you to do it is evidence that the grace of God is already on you to perform it. Come on now. Say, I have the grace for it. Put that in the chat. I have the grace for it. It's uh, Listen, I, I'm able to receive from God. I have the grace for it. Said another way, the fact that Jesus told them to feed the crowd meant not only did it mean, hey, God's supernatural grace is made available for provision, and we know that it was because Jesus tapped into that grace, but Jesus' statement meant that the, that the disciples could have done it. Jesus had the faith to take two fish and five loaves and multiply it because he knew that the Father, the Lord of the harvest would do it. Basically, he was saying, God's grace is available. My faith has to be available. Watch this. Everything that God does for you, he does it by grace. Everything that we do in response to God, we have to do it by faith. So when God is leading you to do something, he's saying, my grace is available for X, Y, and Z. But if you don't provide the faith where God has provided the grace, you will miss out on God's best. The disciples missed out. Now, did God still do it? Yeah, God did it through Jesus, but he could have done it through them because he told them to do it. So the more I teach you about the grace life, say the grace life, the more that I teach you about the grace life, the more I pray that you open up your heart to the limitless nature of God. So if God tells you to do something, look at me, in 2023, right now in this season, a lot of us are fasting. If you're fasting and praying and God says something to you and whatever God tells you to do, seems like it is impossible. Seems like it's bigger than you. Seems ridiculous. It seems like, oh my God, like why would God, how would God, oh my God, all of that. Got it. If God said it, he is revealing to you. Remember the word of God reveals the grace of God. The, I, I, I shared that with you a few days ago. The word of God is telling you where the grace of God is present. So when, if God is telling you to do it, he is telling you, my son, my daughter, the grace of God, my grace is available to you. So whenever God speaks to you, whether through the word of God or through his spirit, God is saying to you, son, daughter, my grace is present and my grace is sufficient. He's not telling you to do something that you can't do just so you can get frustrated and, and pull your hair out. No, he's telling you to do something that you can't do so he can do it through you. Come on now. When he told the disciples, you go do it. He was saying, listen, you go do it because I want to see you guys do it. And listen, in this season in 2023, I want you to open up your heart to another level. The grace life. The grace life means I'm not relying on me. It's not me. It's not my, I don't take on any pressure to perform. I'm not operating in my own ability. I'm not religious. I'm not traditional. I'm open to whatever God wants to do. I'm open to however God wants to do it. And if God tells me to do something that's crazy like that, if God tells me to do something that I don't know anything about. I, I'm not qualified. Oh, go, oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. Let's see what you're going to do. This is going to be a great testimony. I yield myself over to God has provided the grace. I provide the faith. Say amen to that. 
All right, number two, we got to get to the point where we're relying on God. God's grace is sufficient. All right, number two, the earth and the kingdom of God function on a system of sowing and reaping. The earth and the kingdom of God function on a system of sowing and reaping. The Bible says after, after uh, the Lord destroyed the earth with water, he said, now while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest shall not cease. The whole earth functions on a system of sowing and reaping, cause and effect, and the free will of humans. Years ago, I taught a series on the principles of sowing and reaping. And for those of you that get the email version, I gave you the link in the email. Um, but that was a long time ago. But I teach on sowing and reaping from time to time. Let me give you some nuggets on sowing and reaping from this text. So there was clearly a need in the text or in the crowd, right? There were 5,000 hungry people and the need exceeded the resources. Can we agree? Okay. So where was the need in the crowd? So where was the seed in the crowd? There, say this, say this, put this in the chat. There's a seed for every need. There's a seed for every need. I want you to know that there's a seed for every need and I want you to be cognizant that you should not eat your seed. Let me explain. The provision did not come from the disciples, nor really did the provision come from Jesus. Stop. What do you mean, Rick, the, the provision didn't come from Jesus? No, not really. Jesus didn't sow any seed. The disciples didn't sow any seed. Now, God is the Lord of the harvest, so of course he multiplied it, but who sowed the seed? The little boy sowed the seed. Where was the need? In the crowd. Where was the seed? in the crowd. You come to me and you say, oh, Brother Pena, I need you to set your faith in agreement with me. I, I really need this. I need that. I need this. I need that. I need God to do this. I need God to do that. I'm like, okay, cool. So there's a need in you. Well, there's a seed in you. What are you doing with what's in your hands? And then and then don't keep it in your hands. There's some things you got to put in God's hands. So what are you sowing? I mean, you may not have a harvest, but you have a seed. The provision didn't come from the disciples. It didn't come from Jesus. It came from the boy. And then the Lord multiplied it. When you have a, a, a situation. Let me teach you this morning. I'm going to try to take my time on this. If you have a situation where what you need clearly exceeds what you have, then what you have is not your harvest. What you have is a seed. Okay. <laughs> Let me take my time. If you, uh, when God gives you a harvest, what God does with the harvest, and this is Bible, when God gives you a harvest, in the harvest, there's a portion that is bread for eating. That's for me to pay my bills, enjoy my life, have, have all things richly to enjoy, meet the needs of every situation. There's bread for eating. But in that harvest, there's seed for sowing. So God gives me whatever God places in my hands. In that, there's seed for sowing and bread for eating. The Bible says God ministers to me, both seed for sowing and bread for eating. And so when I had that, now I have to ask the Holy Spirit, whatever comes into my hands, how much of this is seed for sowing? How much of this is bread for eating? What I don't want to do is eat my seed. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 10, the Bible says, now he, God ministers, he ministers, like he serves us. He ministers to us, watch this, seed to the sower. And, and then he ministers bread for your food. He ministers to us seed for sowing. He ministers to us bread for eating. And then he will multiply the seed as we sow it. Let me teach. The Bible, what does this mean? It means that whatever God places in your hand, once again, there's a portion of it that's seed for sowing. There's a portion of it that's bread for eating. Now, if you take all of it, 100% of it, and you eat it, if you take all of it, 100% of it, and you use it for your needs, your desires, then you didn't sow anything. 
And if you didn't sow anything, then you're not going to have a harvest later. So if you continually sow, you will continually reap. But if you don't have any seed in the ground, then you're not going to reap. So if you, let me say it this way. For you to walk with God and God to walk with you, and for you to, to always have all sufficiency in all things at all times, you can't eat your seed. You, you have to always be seeking God concerning how much you're supposed to be sowing for a future harvest. You are sowing for your future harvest. For whatever reason, the little boy in the text, he's overlooked, but he was the one that sowed the seed. Now, there's no indication that the boy fought back. There's no, listen, they came, the crowd was hungry. They take the little boy's lunch. There's no indication that the little boy said, no, why you want my stuff? The little boy willingly gave up a seed for the greater harvest. And, and we serve a God who would take whatever you put in his hands and multiply it. But at the same time, he's not going to ever be in debt to you. God is going to take whatever you put in his hands and multiply, but God will ensure that you get a harvest on every seed sown. The, the boy willingly gave up what he had for the greater good. And, and watch this, because God is not going to be in debt to you. The Bible is not clear on what happened with the 12 baskets of food that were left over. Now, what I believe, the Bible doesn't say this, but Based on what I know about God, what I believe is that those 12 baskets of food went to the little boy and his family because there was nobody else in the text that sowed anything. There was nobody else in the text that had a right to a harvest. The little boy sowed a seed, two fish, five loaves. I believe he reaped a harvest, 12 baskets of food left over. Number three, please don't eat your seed. Live with the confidence of knowing that you have seed in the ground. If you have seed in the ground, put this in the chat. I have seed in the ground. Now, I, I know that I have seed in the ground. Rick and Isabel Pena, we have seed in the ground. Whenever we, we have a situation uh, uh, where, you know, even right now, there's a situation with Isabella's business and there's there's a, there's something going on uh, with a certain amount of money. And I can pray with a level of confidence and like, no, no, Lord, you, no, I, we're not going to let the enemy do this to this business because this business is in covenant with you and this business has seed in the ground. When you have seed in the ground, you have a certain level of confidence that you pray with. Why? Because you know that the Lord is the Lord of the harvest and he will provide a harvest on every seed sown. God can multiply whatever you put in his hands. Uh, uh, so, so what you don't want to do is keep everything in your hands. There's some things, watch this, it matters whose hands it's in. Put that in the chat. It matters whose hands it's in. You have some stuff in your hands. There's some stuff that you need to put in God's hands. God ministers to us bread for eating. God ministers to us seed for sowing. And so that, and the seed for sowing, we're sowing into our future. Now, when we sow, the Bible teaches us that God multiplies the seed as we sow it. And when we sow, the Bible teaches us that the Lord is the Lord of the harvest and we will reap a harvest on every seed sown. We sow little, we reap little. We sow big, we reap big, right? God will, God will cause us to reap a harvest. If you don't like, let me say it this way. And this could be with, with finances or anything. If you don't like the harvest you are reaping, you need to check the seed that you're sowing. The whole earth functions on a system of sowing and reaping. So we sow on one level and we reap on a greater level because God multiplies our seed as we sow it. So if you live your life with a generous heart and you're quick to give a portion of everything that comes into your hands, to God and his kingdom. You're quick to sow. You're quick to sow. You're quick to sow. Then you would live every day with the confidence of knowing, watch this. I have seed in the ground. I have, I have seed in the ground and the Lord is going to see to it that I will reap a harvest on every seed sown. Put that in the chat. I say, I will reap a harvest 
on every seed sown. I'm going to reap a harvest on every seed sown. Listen, this is a season of restoration and the season of us, even a season of restitution. The, the Lord is going to see to it that you reap a harvest on every seed sown in this season. Say amen to that. I want you to receive that. All right, number four, as we close. Number four, as we close, God will do with you what he did with Jesus. Oh no, what Jesus did with the fishes and the loaves. So let me explain this. Um, I don't want to get too, too fancy with this, but this is something... Uh, that I've taught before, and I just felt led to deal with it this morning uh, about discipleship and development and dying to self. The process that Jesus went through with the fish and the loaves, which is basically the same thing he did with communion on the Last Supper, is a process that I believe that God uses with us as well. Watch this. Here's the process. Four things. God took it. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it. Let me say that again. God took it blessed it, broke it, and then gave it. So, so often with God, what God does, especially for those of us that he is preparing for ministry, if, if God is going to use you to be a blessing to the world, God will take you and initially just bless you. God, you know, when you first got born again, how everything was so easy. You know, when you first got born again, God was just answering all your prayers. Boom, boom. It was like no requirements on you. Why? Because initially God just blesses you richly to get you to the point where you're comfortable with him. God will take you and bless you. And that's good. And high five your neighbor and all that. Run around the church, do three backflips. But if God wants, if you want to be used of God, God will take you and bless you. But if you want to be used of God, God will have to break you before he gives you. Come on now. Jesus, was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan before he started his public ministry. God will take you and bless you, but then break you before he gives you. God has to, God has to process you. God, there has to be a, a, a proving part. There has to be a processing part. You must be processed to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. The Holy Spirit is going to lead you to be processed like he led Jesus to be processed. When, he, when we come to God, we go through this breaking phase, this processing phase, where it, it is in that phase that we learn how to put God's will above our will. It is in that phase where we learn how to not be selfish and make our lives about self desires. It is in that phase where we yield to him in all things. And we, we begin to say, it's not about me. It's all about you. My life is all about you, God. It is in that phase that we have to learn how to, how to give up our life and, and lose our life for his sake so that we can find our life in him. If you're not willing to endure discipleship and development and dying to self, if you're not willing to, to become, to give up sin and self and selfish desires, you will never become the man or the woman that God called you to be. Now, did God take you? Yes. Are you born again? Yes. Right? But 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 once the initial euphoria of being born again wears off, now if you want to be a disciple, you are going to have to die. The, growing in Christ is not a matter of more trying. Growing in Christ is a matter of more dying. If you want to be the man or the woman that God has called you to be, if you want to maximize your purpose and potential in the kingdom, you are going to have to die to self. Jesus said, any of you who want to be my disciples must forget about yourself and what you want. That's it. You, you, when you come to me, I, I, I will take you and I'll bless you. But then I have to break you before I can give you. I can't give you when you're selfish. Come on. I can't present you into the world while you're selfish. I can't send you into the world to go be a blessing if you're not going to represent me, if you're just going to represent your selfish desires. If you want me to send you into this world as a human conduit of the divine, if you want me to send you into this world, God is saying, as, as a conduit of my blessing, as a conduit of my love, as a conduit of my light, then your life can't be about you. And I can't send you into this world while you're, while you're focused on yourself and you're just your life is all about you. I have to take you and bless you and break you and then give you. That's how I use you 
for my glory, says the Lord. You got it? Oh man, that was good. I could high five myself on that one. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. All right, let's close it out. Here we go. Father, say this. Say, Father, I thank you for your love and grace. I believe that this is a season of refreshing for me, of restoring for me. As I study the miracles, my faith has increased. Whew. This is a year where I will honor you, Father, in all things, in every way. I thank you, Father, for everything you place in my hands. The Holy Spirit will tell me what portion of it is seed for sowing and what portion of it is bread for eating. I take the bread for eating to meet the needs of my present circumstances and to enjoy life. But I take the seed for sowing and I sow it into my future. I am not foolish enough to eat my seed. I have seed in the ground. And I know that you, Father, are the Lord of the harvest. And you will see to it that I reap a harvest on every seed sown. And lastly, Father, I am willing to die to self. You take me, bless me, break me from sin, self, and selfish desires, and you then give me into this world to be a blessing. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you don't, don't you want my notes? You get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Leave me two things. Leave me some comments right now in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. And have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.